This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. In Brazil, we have news of a priest who was excommunicated for refusing to recognize the validity of any of the post-conciliar pontiffs and refusing communion with his bishop and with Francis. The priest in question had been incarnated into one of the dioceses of Brazil that is neighboring Rio de Janeiro, but he then made the tour of independent priestly fraternities, including the SSPX, before embracing Sedevacantism. The reporting on this case is a little vague. There's not a lot of details out there, and thanks to the listeners sent it to me. And to my knowledge, embracing Sedevacantism has never actually been declared schismatic by Rome in any formal way, but his bishop excommunicated him nonetheless, which may mean that the excommunication is canonically invalid. Not that Sedevacantists actually care what Rome does, but... Since again, the issue of Sedevacantism has never been decided by Rome in any formal way, that's why it might be invalid. Now, if you want to read the story on this priest, I have it in my show notes at returntotradition.org, along with the rest of the stories I'll cite today. You'll just need to run it through a translator of some kind, because it's not in English. But it's a good backup place, by the way, to follow my work in case I do kicked off, to get kicked off this place for, you know, by our totally free and completely unbiased hosts. But the story of that priest is a good way to begin a question of how to resist the modernists. Look, I'm not a set of a contest, and I, but I don't have a real problem with set of a contest in a broad sense, though I've had issues with some particular set of a contest in the past. But how do we resist the errors of the modernists? That's a hard question for the laity, but imagine being a priest who is faced with this question. It becomes a much bigger question if you're a priest. Imagine being a priest who has suddenly or slowly woken up to the state of things in the church and has realized that Francis isn't actually the main problem that we face today. Now, the problem with the modernists in the church goes back to well before Francis was, you know, in Rome, and to some degree involves all of his predecessors, including the last few years of Pius XII's reign, because weird things started happening in his last few years. Imagine being in that position. It's easy to see how someone might leap to set of a contism in that situation. Bishop Athanasius Schneider issued a call in a German-language interview with Gloria TV this past week, calling priests to resist Francis's efforts to break from the historic past of the church, and it helps us understand, to some degree, the depth of the problem we as Catholics are facing. Bishop Schneider frames this in discussions about the traditional mass, because, as it usually is the case, the traditional mass is on the minds of Catholics. Priests have a duty to reject Francis's attempts to destroy the traditional liturgy of the church, according to Bishop Schneider. Now, the Pope's explainers try to tell you that what we call the traditional Latin mass only reaches back 500 years into the history of the church back to St. Pius V's papacy in the Reformation, but in reality, the traditional Latin Mass goes back to the 5th century, with evidence that its major components go back to the Apostles, hence why I call it the Apostolic Mass. Schneider tells his viewers that priests have a duty to resist Francis's attempts to destroy the traditions of the Church. Presumably this means even disobeying the local bishop when they try to enforce Traditionis Custodis in the diocese. How a priest will do that and get away with it, he doesn't really say, though. From his interview, quote, For Schneider, Francis's desire to abolish Mass is not realistic. Despite the current prohibitions and persecution, Roman right groups are growing, sometimes underground. Francis supports, on one hand, a diversity of religions, but on the other hand, fights a diversity of liturgical forms in his own church. Schneider observes, quote, That's a contradiction. He, Schneider, believes that Francis is, quote, not against diversity, but he has a contempt for the liturgical tradition of the church, and the mass of almost all the saints and most of his predecessors. For Schneider, quote, 
this contempt for tradition is a problem and not Catholic. Traditionis Custodis is for Schneider an ideological document. He doesn't think it will last long because it opposes the nature of the church. The priests may ignore Traditionis Custodis, Schneider explains, because it is an abuse of papal authority, opposes the tradition of the church, and is an attack against a great treasure of the church. Francis is destroying something that belongs to the universal church. It doesn't belong to him, folks. Therefore, he would tell Francis, with all due respect and love for you and your ministry, we cannot obey you in this point, and we will not obey you here, and your successors will reward us. For Schneider, the church is in, quote, enormous and extraordinary crisis, because in the Vatican, to a large extent, the enemies of the church are calling all the shots, end quote. This advice from Schneider may become more relevant in the future, especially in the near future, with reports coming from sources in Rome that another anti-traditional mass document is coming soon from the Vatican. And it's coming from sources that I generally trust, but I don't have enough to really formally report on it. This time with the intent of burying the mass forever. We'll see. If that turns out to be the case, I'll report it as soon as the story breaks. But for now, we're still witnessing the implementation of Francis's satanic document meant to destroy the Lexerandi of the faith. And Schneider is correct to point out that this is part of a larger move to destroy the traditions of the church, being done by Francis on behalf of the men who made him pope in the first place. The mission he himself admits to having been given when the papacy was offered to him by the likes of Cardinal Martini was to remove the church or to move the church forward, ever forward. Forward to what precisely? The better question that no one usually asks when they think about Francis's language and why he justifies things is forward from what? A recent article at Crisis Magazine explores this question, and it confirms a suspicion I've had for some time now, that the modernists in the church were motivated by their misunderstanding of the Catholic Church's role in the secular world during the Second World War, including the concordats that the Vatican signed with the Italian and German governments at the time. The modernists believe the church was complicit in the evils of that conflict, regardless of what the facts actually say on the matter. They believe that Thomistic theology was among the causes of the evils in the 1930s and 1940s. They believe the church's role in the world was a big driving force for these evils, hence the need for a new theology, a nouveau theology, a new understanding of how the church works in the world. It's a grotesque misunderstanding of the role in the church of that war is essential really to even get there. Francis calls traditionalists backwardists and rigid Pharisees. What he's doing is labeling us as holding to the various ideologies of the losing side in that war, which, as you know, is the greatest evil of our time, according to secularists. Francis and the modernists honestly believe they're saving the church from embracing a return to those ideologies in the world and in the church again. It's why the decent American bishops get raked over the coals by Francis for being ideological, despite the fact, and this is undeniable, folks, the modernists are ideologues of the worst sorts themselves. I mean, come on, James Martin is, an is one of the most ideological figures in the American church. Francis and his henchmen believe that by remaking the church into the image and likeness of the world, they save the world and the church from the, next, from the rise of the next would-be tyrant with a funny-looking mustache, modeled himself after the leaders of those countries from that period of history. That crisis article then goes on to explain the consequences of this. So from that article, quote, Thus, when Pope Francis wrote his letter of condolence on the death of the Italian journalist Eugenio Scalfari, 
whose praise of him as a man, quote, open to modernity, never nostalgic for a glorious past, should be seen in this light. Any sign of triumphalism smells not only of a sin-obsessed, oppressive form of Catholicism, but also a politics that is its analog, the kind that glories in the greatness of the past, like the ideology of that period, of course. Father Antonio Spadaro's 2017 article in Servitor Romano that decried a putative ecumenism of hate practiced by evangelicals and Catholic integralists in America and proclaimed that Francis wants to break the organic link between culture, politics, institutions, and the church is redolent of this way of thinking. Francis and his supporters talk and act as if any sort of reverence or devotion to the past in the religious sphere is somehow a contagion that threatens the freedom of the political realm. Spadaro admitted as much when he claimed that religious, quote, fundamentalism amounts to a direct virtual challenge to the secularity of the state. Father Spadaro and others like him have absorbed the tendency of secular progressives to conflate all non-liberal ideas with totalitarianism, as if the only choice between to, to be made were that between the forward march of history as interpreted by progressives, theological or political, and some sort of totalitarian nightmare. This sort of either-or thinking is absurd, but they appear to believe this. Such is the only explanation I, meaning the author of the article, can conceive for why it is better to close down healthy parishes, if the only way they can be salvaged is to fill them with Latin mass Catholics. Or to let seminaries and religious orders die if the only way to perpetuate them is to restore traditional theological or liturgical practices to them. Better to let the church die off, apparently, than have it fall into the hands of people you think are fundamentally evil, end quote. The modernists literally believe us to be part of a resurgent movement to bring back those great evils from the mid-20th century. They think we're evil, folks. They've bought the philosophy and narrative of the world so completely that they've surrendered even basic sense and the sense of faith and the compassion and the faith that goes with it. For them, the faith must be changed. It's a non-negotiable. Hence what's going on in Germany right now. The faith has to change because if it isn't, then the world may be lost. Civilization would not survive another conflict like the Second World War, and they honestly believe that a resurgence of traditionalism and a restoration of the Catholic faith would enable this rise of evil in the world that they so fear. The problem is that they've been blinded by their own complicity with the world and the evils of our time. In the name of keeping evil at bay, Francis has aligned himself with the most wicked, demonic powers of our time misanthropic figures who don't like people at all, I think there's too many of us, men whose goals are not that dissimilar to what we're told the great evil powers Francis fears we're aiming for. Ideology can often blind us to reality, which is why as Catholics we are to be Catholic first and foremost before anything else. Francis and the modernists are some of the most ideological people you will ever encounter, not much is evident by their being motivated by a dread for past political ideas that are basically dead in the world anyway. And that is pretty much exactly the same as we see in the secular world today. The same kind of fears, the same kind of propaganda and rhetoric. Our secular adversaries who destroy church properly and lay ministries invoke the same language Francis does and are motivated by the same fear, pushed by a media narrative that is at odds with reality. It is no different in the church today, sadly, as we are being led by a man the world sees as Pope who engages in the same kind of gaslighting as the media, and for the same reasons, too. You know, I would, I think that this was an, a convenient excuse for him to push modernism on the church, but truth be told, it honestly makes sense if you put yourself in their shoes. 
That conflict has been embedded in our collective consciences as the greatest struggle between good and evil in human history. It's like an origin story from modern civilization. Horrific things were done in those days, to be sure, and the modernists at the council who led the charge were progressively-minded Germans in large part, and Europeans almost exclusively, including Joseph Ratzinger. His comments in particular are well-documented and are a mix of heterodoxy with orthodoxy, confusing ways that reflect the German theologians of the post-war period, and they're wrestling with the new order of things in the world and how the church should respond. Their solution was to remake the church while claim continuity with the past. The reality they imposed on the church was something else, and frankly, all claims of continuity wither under examination. You know, Francis recently made some headlines when he cited Benedict and his theology of continuity, saying that it upholds Francis's own work of remaking the church and that the hermeneutic of continuity was Benedict's great gift, which is laughable given that Francis actually condemned the hermeneutic of continuity a few months ago. We no more see continuity today than we did in the times when Ratzinger applauded the church eliminating the syllabus of modern errors. There can be no continuity when the underlying ideology of the reformers is that the church helped to create the conditions that evil thrived in, and that the church has to fundamentally change in order to prevent that kind of evil from reappearing on the landscape. So does any of that actually make sense, though? Do we have a better understanding of why at least some of the modernists do the things they, they do? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And sharing this on social media helps enormously as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.